Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Meg Tricano, a reinvention and transition coach with a PhD in developmental psychology. She uses psychology-based coaching to help women in transition shift from the expected to the extraordinary by rekindling their inner wildness and creative spirit. She empowers women to cultivate and align their resources like money, time, energy, and space with their deepest desires so that they can pursue what they love and reach their wildest, most authentic potential. After coaching clients find the clarity, contentment, and momentum to reclaim the vision they once had for their one wild and precious life. Welcome, Meg. Meg also, for everyone tuning in, is a client of mine. And we've been talking about all of what she offers and tapping into like what she really wants to offer for a few weeks now. And it feels really exciting to see it all written out and hear it all out loud. Yeah. Thanks just for having me on. I'm excited. Yes, of course. Um, I've always loved what you do and what you bring to it. And I'm really excited about this topic because I think it's so interesting. Um, But before we jump in, why don't you give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? So I am... uh... I am a reinvention and transition coach, but um, I started off after grad school um, as a policy researcher. So I did that for years and years and years, um, which is, you know, that world is very small and insular, um, but I met some of the most fantastic people and um, I very much value the time that I spent doing that. But at at some point around like, mm, I don't know, 10 years-ish after grad school, um, I just found myself in a place where I was miserable most of the time. I wasn't really able to think about the things that I wanted to think about. And so I started this side hustle, this side gig of uh, coaching, coaching women. It started off around budgeting and money. but as conversations started to evolve, I was really helping people just change their lives in different ways to get where they wanted to go, whether that was via money or via a new career, whatever it was. Um, And then I hit kind of a breaking point. And I remember I was on the phone with one of my other coaches and She asked me what it would be like if a year from now I was in the same exact position and I just completely melted down, started crying the whole night. And then later that night, and I think this was the universe speaking to me, I read that very famous poem by Mary Oliver, the what, tell me, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? More tears, all of that. So (laughs) that night, 
I made a plan to transition away from my nine to five and do the coaching thing full time. And that was um, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So I've been doing this full time for two years. Um, Yeah, that's kind of the nutshell, I guess. Amazing. Yeah. And even just in the last few weeks, figuring out what you offer and how you bring it to the world has been evolving and shifting and elevating so much. And it's just amazing to see and a reminder for everyone listening who are business owners or running a side hustle, which I know is most of you. It's like, just remember that your business will naturally evolve. Like mine has naturally evolved so much. I've been doing this full-time for five years. And what I'm doing now is like the same as what I was doing, but so different in many ways and so much more enjoyable because I've like slowly gotten to what I'm really excited about and what I really love to do. And that evolution is so natural and to be expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's a big part of this whole work around transitions, right? Is like the thing that really excites you and drives you, that's the thing you should be doing, right? However you get to do it. Um, You know, and as I think back onto my journey, I had this really big hang up when I was making the decision, you know, do I leave this career? I've spent so much time building, um, you know, do I quote unquote throw away my degree that I worked so hard and so long on? And you like, that's how you think when you're making a big change. Like, do I just throw it all away and start over? And that's not what you're doing. You're, you're taking all of the experience that you've built up to that point and you're applying it in a different way. Even if you're not directly applying it, you couldn't have gotten to the place that you are now without that stuff. So I think that's another thing that, you know, I encourage all of your listeners to keep in mind is, you know, follow what drives you, but don't think that you're throwing anything away necessarily. Right. That's such a good point because it does often feel very black and white that way. If I'm not doing this, then I'm doing this. It's like, well, maybe it's all like I can say in my business for certain so much of what I do I had six jobs in seven years before I started running my own business. And so much of what I do every single day, I learned in that time frame. And I learned from all those people. Like there's an editor that I worked with that like we all just like really did not like because she was so intense and so like on us about everything. But her voice is still in my head when I'm editing my client's work or when I'm editing my writer's work. And so, yeah, it's it's all leading you where you want to where you want to go, and in some form, it's probably going to continue supporting you as you move forward. Yeah. So, thinking about change, I want to start with something I'm curious about in terms of psychology, the way our brains work, the way we work as humans. Why is change so scary? Oh, I love this question. Okay. <laughs> so, change is so scary to us because we don't know what it's going to be like after change, right? So even if we are like uncomfortable or like even going so far as to like hate what we're doing or hate our situation, want something different, we are so accustomed to comfort and like the the comfort of, of the expected, right? And the unexpected is on the other side of change. So it's a very, um, I think they call it the pessimism bias, is is the tendency to think that 
if you do make a change or, or you change something about your life or your career, or any area, uh, that the change is not going to be any better. It could be equivalent, but it might actually be way worse. And then what are you going to do? Right. So that's kind of what our brains are like. No, just stay here. It's kind of the devil, you know, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I know that my boss is, you know, a micromanager and I hate that, but like, what if my new boss at a different job is even worse Then what would I do? Right. And that's what our brains tend to hold on to. Um, but I will say that, you know, I've been working with women a lot around transitions and reinvention. Uh, zero of these women have had a bad experience after transitioning, change, whatever. 100% of them have said, oh my God, I can't believe I waited so long to make this change. So, you know, and that's not to say someone could make a change and be like, oh, that was a bad move. That happens. Yes. But there is the tendency for us to just assume it's going to be worse. Right. And that's something that I'm sort of challenging my clients now to do is to challenge their assumptions about what change would actually be like, you know? So one of my most recent clients was like, well, you know, in my dream job, it would be super flexible and I would, you know, I'd part time, but, you know, I'd still get paid what I'm worth. And, you know, I, I just know all of this stuff doesn't exist. Two weeks later, she called me. She had that job. You know, the mission was what she wanted. She works four days a week and she's making more money. So challenging your assumptions around what is possible after a change is huge. Mm hmm so my next question is, how do we start challenging those assumptions? Because this is a deeply held belief. It's literally the way we're built. So how do we start doing that other than just saying, like, I see this, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway? Because sometimes that's impossible to do or feels impossible to do. Yeah. And you get into this just state of paralysis, too. So and I've been there. I know what that feels like. And um, I think it's different for everybody. But I think knowing that there are possibilities outside of what you're currently thinking are possible, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why it's important to share things like my client, like my client's experience, right? Is like, there are these things that exist out there. And I worked with another woman too, who um, I was like, ah, you know, I know I have to work and I know, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not excited about any prospects that I have for a job, but you know what I really would love is to drop down to part-time so that I can, you know, write my novels. And that is, you know, another option that people don't even think about. It's like, okay, well, you're thinking about it in a very rigid way. Like I have to get a job and I have to do the nine to five thing. No, you don't. You can prepare in a way that makes really anything possible for you. You just have to kind of understand the menu of options, mm -hmm. right? And there is something to be said about challenging yourself on a pretty routine basis to collect data that are contrary to what you believe, right? And this is kind of self-growth. This is like, okay, I, I really feel yucky about the idea of changing my job, but why do I feel yucky about it? Is it because I'm a 
afraid? Is it because, you know, here's another interesting thing. Um, the psychological research. So I, I wrote my dissertation on boredom, go figure. Mm. Uh, yeah. So one of, one of the interesting things um, about negative emotion is that when you're experiencing negative emotion, what it does is it narrows your attentional frame. So you literally can't see the forest for the trees. It's kind of the the research is suggesting that it's like an evolutionary thing, right? Like if you see a bear, you don't want to be thinking about your, you know, deadlines. You want to get out of the out of the way of the bear, right? So your attention really narrows so that you can do what you need to do. The same thing happens when we're experiencing really negative emotion. You can't see the possibilities. So, you know, in some ways, that's why I think working with a coach is super valuable. So like you can have an outside person say, oh, did you know that's over here as a possibility? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say that and and regularly challenging yourself to challenge your assumptions and not just with change specifically, but everything. Right. Makes me think too that things like meditation, walking in nature, journaling, anything that is allowing us to quiet the noise, regulate our nervous system, can help us get out of that state of fear or anxiety around the thing, and then open up the space to start seeing the things that are possible that weren't pop that we couldn't see when we were in that tunnel vision space. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that, that's kind of one thing about sort of the new offerings that I have um, available for coaching is, is that is part of it, is like this idea of reconnecting with what it is you really deeply love and want. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of ancient cultures were sort of built around this idea that what you deeply desire is like what you're meant to do. Mm. Um, and just really trying to clear away all the social conditioning that makes you think that the only way to be successful is to make a lot of money and be partner at your firm and that's it. And that's such a narrow view of any kind of fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, a really a really important update um, and perspective that my sort of new offerings have taken. And it's interesting. I love what you said, how some ancient cultures are built on this idea of what you deeply desire is what you're meant to do. And I think we've been, I know we've been so cultured to believe that we should and to follow what's expected and to do what your parents say or do what your friends are doing. And we write off those deeper desires or we assume, oh, it could just be like a side gig when like the opportunity could be there for you to in some way, like you said, there's such a large menu of ways that we can do the things that we truly desire. But we, before we even get to the point of thinking there are all these options, we don't even let ourselves get there because we just write it off as, you know, unnecessary. Yeah. And it, it just breaks my heart to think about all the, the beauty and the creative, um, the the creativity that is being withheld from us as a world, right? Because people feel like it's people feel like they they can't do it because it's not serious or it's not 
uh, making the money or it's not, um, it's not worth doing just for the sake of doing. And that's, that's heartbreaking. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that, that this kind of idea of rewilding, which is kind of getting a little bit more popular, I hope that it results in kind of a boom of people just taking on their creative spirit mm-hmm. and just going, going for it. How much happier and joyous and more wonderful the world would be if we were all doing shit we actually liked <laughs> and cared yeah. about. That made us happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do want to, I do want to point out here as well um, that there is an element of privilege here, right? And that is extremely important to call out. There are circumstances in which you can't escape from the the reality that you have to do shit that you don't want to do because you have to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And I want to just acknowledge that I am coming from a place of serving people who are not struggling in that way, um, which in some ways makes it even more important that they do the thing that makes them happy. They don't have an excuse, right? Like there's no, there's nothing standing in your way that you can't create a situation that makes you happier. Because when you are happier, you are better to other humans. You are better able to serve other humans. And just like the things that people love to do often are not like, you know, um, I don't even know, something inconsequential. All the people that I've been working with, they're like, oh no, my passion is serving the homeless. My passion is making sure refugees have um, a place to land. You know, those are the kinds of things. So it's not even like something superficial, even though that would be okay. Um, But I did just want to have that moment of acknowledgement for the privileged position that most of us listening to this podcast are probably in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think you bring up such a good point of that means if you do have the privilege to do that, that you that there are no excuses. Go do what you truly love and desire, knowing that it's going to better the world in mm-hmm. any ways. Mm-hmm. So you have a framework that I want you to walk us through because I think it'll be helpful for listeners in really taking this idea and moving it into action. Yeah. About clarity. <laughs> alignment and integration. So can we start with clarity? We're sort of talking about that here, but wrap it up for us a little bit in terms of like, how do we find that clarity? Yeah. So this is kind of what we were already talking a little bit about in terms of kind of rediscovering what lights you up, right? And the clarity piece is so important because you have to know what you're working towards. You have to know what you want in order to come up with any kind of a structure, uh, any kind of a a roadmap to get there. Um, So that's what the clarity piece is about. Um, It's really just about narrowing your focus and and clarifying, you know, your next step along the journey. Um, And like you said before, that part can be really difficult for some people because it's been sort of beaten out of them (laughs) by... Years and years and years of doing things that they thought they should do. Mm-hmm. And it requires us to quiet the noise in our mind and be introspective and 
and maybe even accept some hard truths like I'm doing shit I don't care about or I'm following a path that someone else put out there for me. Like those are hard pills to swallow. But yeah, without that, there's no change. So (laughs) must absolutely first accept those hard things and tap into the exciting stuff of like, oh, wait, this does excite me. Or I did think about doing this 10 years ago and then got on this track and get back into that space of excitement. Yeah. And I often tell people to go back to childhood. Like, what did you love doing as a kid? Because as a child, at least most, again, <laughs> like relatively normative childhoods, like you you know what you want to do and you just go do it. Right. And it's, there's mystery behind everything. Like, Ooh, exploration, like to just kind of adopt that attitude for a little while and see what comes up for you. Um, and in a lot of ways, it takes a lot of courage, like you said, to 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 do this and to do it with an open heart and an open mind. But that's when you're going to get at the really authentic desire. That's kind of how I'm conceptualizing this. It's like it's it's beneath all the layers of crap that you've accrued accrued over years. Mm-hmm. So then step two or sort of the next phase is Mm -hmm. alignment. Talk to us about what that means. Yeah. So alignment is, um, so you have your, your, you have clarity around your goal or your desires, right? And then the alignment piece is the action piece. A lot of us tend to fast forward to this part because it's how, it's like go mode, right? Like we're in just trying to like... (laughs) Um, hammer it out, right? You have to have the clarity uh, piece first, but the alignment piece is taking your resources, which are money, time, energy, space, attention, all of those things, and you're aligning them with your goal. And this is where we start to have a lot of conversations with people about the idea that they have of success, which is you know, make more money, um, you know, get the highest level position that you can at your company, you know, all these sort of traditional markers of success, right? But I can't tell you how many people get to that level and they're like, oh man, I'm super unhappy. I have all of these things, um, but I'm really unhappy and there's, there's got to be something else. So it's, it's not, how much money you've got or any, you know, status symbols like that. It's how you're using them and how you're aligning them to build toward that vision. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. And is there any, could you give us like a quick exercise or something we could do to figure out how to get things in alignment? Like, could we, you know, write these things down and then sort of think, how can I get this in alignment with what I need? Like something that we can take action on this with. Yeah, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, my poor husband, I'm going to use a, a very concrete example because I think it's very illustrative. So he had a goal of completing an Ironman, which for those of you who don't know what that is, that is a triathlon. That's a 2.4 mile swim immediately followed by a 116 mile bike immediately followed by a full marathon, right? So it is a massive undertaking. Usually people take multiple years to train for something like that. So he had this goal and 
the example of someone who is not aligned to that goal might be like, oh, I'm training for an Ironman, but hits snooze and doesn't get up and um, use that time for training, right? Or maybe they don't make any changes to how they eat. And so they um, they are underfueled for their race. Um, maybe they don't save the money for um, for the fees and for the kit and for the uh, registration fees, things like that. Um, but aligned with that goal would look like you're getting up and you, you're not getting news on your alarm. You're getting up. Your time is going towards training, which is what you need. Um, you save your money to make sure you get all the registration fees taken care of, um, you know, and your effort is really geared toward that goal, right? And some things that I have clients do to, to sort of take their pulse and where they are is like, you got to track your money, you got to track your time, and you got to track your feelings around these things, right? So if you feel mostly ambivalent about how you're spending your time, that's a huge red flag to me that you are misaligned because, you know, working toward a goal can be difficult, but it should also feel on some level right or, mm -hmm. you know, fulfilling in kind of a deeper way, kind of like a type two fun kind of way. <laughs> about that. So yeah, so helpful. So then last phase integration, talk to us about what this is. Yeah. So this is pulling it all together, right? This is taking your plan from the alignment phase and just executing it. It's, um, it's having those really important conversations with the people that are in your life and supporting you, um, and taking a really hard look at what parts of your life are working toward this goal or this vision that you have and what aren't and being really honest with yourself about why you're still engaging with that part of, you know, that's not serving you, right? Like this part of your life that's not serving you. It could be, I've had people that are like, yeah, this friend, I just, they're not supportive. I just feel crappy every time I see them. Okay. Well, it's maybe it's time to break up with this friend or, um, you know, I, I've had this with people in sobriety, like my, you know, weekend drinking is kind of interfering with my ability to get up and write my novel or whatever it is. Right. Um, so the integration is really kind of looking at the thought patterns and the habits and the behaviors that are not letting you that are creating barriers basically. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there's an element of especially when you're just getting started, wanting to check in with yourself and check in with like, where am I trying to go? And are my resources still aligning? Because it's so easy to get pulled in all different directions or get tempted by this thing that's like taking you off the path and um, checking in and making sure like, okay, am I still choosing this every day? Am I still moving toward that in some way every single day? Yeah, that is so important. That's such a good point is kind of health checks, right? Like just taking your, taking your pulse and seeing where you are. Um, for me, I, for, there's something about fall that this is just the time that I naturally do that. Um, some people it's the beginning of the year, but periodically just kind of working in mentally, like, oh, I need to, I need to check up on how I'm, how I'm moving towards what I want to see. Yeah. I feel like it can be as simple as like once a quarter, putting, you know, something on your calendar for you to just sit down for a half hour and check in and say, you know, 
where where is my attention doing that that um taking stock again the word is escaping me um but taking stock of where you're spending your time where you're spending your money and like is that still feeling aligned with what it is that you set out to achieve or make happen and also like we were saying in the beginning our business evolves we as people evolve so what we desire and want to achieve evolve and so that continual coming back to okay now i want something different now am i aligning with that Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, this was really interesting. I love these three pillars. I feel like it's so helpful for us to like wrap our brain around how our brain around how we can start moving towards something different. That can be really scary. Um, but before we shift gears, if there was one thing listeners walked away with, nothing but this, what would that be? I think have have the courage to to listen to what you really want and to find a way to follow that desire. I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. So now I have to ask you, because I ask all the guests on this podcast, what are you getting intentional about right now? Um, I am getting very intentional about building out this business, this coaching business. Um, And with your help, I have been much more consistent Um, and I feel like I have a strategy and I'm just super excited for kind of the next phase, but that's what I'm getting very intentional about. Awesome. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's at Meg underscore Trucano, T-R-U-C-A-N-O. I am over on Facebook too, um, Meg Trucano Coaching. And you can email me if you have any questions at, um, yeah, meg at megtricano.com. Awesome. And all those links are in the show notes for listeners. Thank you so much for being here, Meg, and sharing your insights with us. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jess. So good to see you again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.